Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, it's Chuck's birthday, and he can win if he wants to. Jake goes for the triple repeat, and we are joined by the Gust of Wind, and we are back from the Gust of Wind. Chuck, how are we doing today, my friend? Uh, We are doing good. Uh, It is, yes, it is my birthday, was yesterday, and I could not win even if I wanted to. (laughs) So uh, it was, I got to play in my own tournament, but it was a struggle to get one game Victoria, so uh, the crowd definitely came cutthroat and didn't give me any. Uh, no, I just I, you know, going into it, I thought you were gonna, you know, rig it for yourself. So I was like, um, oh, you're doing the opposite. That way, you made everybody feel better. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was ready not to play to begin with, but mm-hmm. uh, I did not uh, want any buys. So I was like, am I in? If we're we're at an odd number, I'm out. If there were at an even number. Yeah, so uh, we ended at an odd number. So I was in. I had fun playing. Uh, Galarian Surfetched and Zap. Uh, Galarian Zapdos is still a uh, very fringe meta. So he did not do well for me in uh, trying to force him into the best mm-hmm. of threes. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was fun time though. I had no, a, I had a blast. It it was a blast. Um, you know, and going into this, uh, I I was. Fortunate enough to win the first two. So I was going for that three Pete for three years in a row. Um, and unfortunately for me, I just missed the cut. Um, you know, we had, you know, had a good sizable crowd. Uh, we went to a top four cut and I ended up tied uh, in points for fifth slash sixth place. Uh, ended up getting sixth uh, just off of, uh, you know, resistance. Uh, lost a, a little bit of a heartbreaker there in the last round. Uh, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, Lost Box and Sableye can really hurt Sobbles um, and, uh, in combination of having Echoing Horns up there, too. Um, you know, just really shuts uh, shuts the deck down and just kind of beats it uh, with the prize game there. So, um, yeah. unfortunately, that, that game was the one that kind of knocked me out of cut, uh, but still had a great time. Um, lots of, you know, fun raffles, um, yeah. you know, fun little side games. Uh, lots of candies and cakes and you know all that fun shenanigans I mean, but it, it was great it was a party so it was a good time and i just want to take the last uh second to thank everyone for coming that showed up uh, if you're listening and i want to shout out our new champion steve burks uh if you he, picture on twitter if you don't know who he is but i've I announced it there too yep. uh but steve won um i didn't remember what three decks he was playing but he he won uh, our very own Ryan Turtwig Metatalk came in second. Um, so shout out to them for reaching the finals. And I want to give a big shout out to Wyatt for taking home this year's brick. <laughs> the brick. Uh, for last place. And I hope he likes his new Deoxys deck. Uh, <laughs> but to move on, because we're not alone. No, we are not. We have guests in the house and uh, we got... Uh, a big old gust of wind in here, ready to talk some Pokemon. Yes, so yes. Uh, normally, invite our guests to the floor. Yes. Uh, who wants to be? We got Steuben over here pointing in some other direction that we never get right, and <laughs> Gazer over here in another direction that is not probably what I'm actually pointing to. 
I honestly oh, feel did, like I'm everywhere. So I mean, you did what Gazer does every episode on our podcast, perfectly point. trying to figure out which direction is stage left and stage right. It's I do that all the time. It is so hard. I feel like I'm everywhere. A lot of times when I'm on Twitch and everything, you know, you're like, Gazer, you're in every stream. Like, so you can just say any direction. <laughs> I, I do it myself. So, uh, Gazer, I'm, I've been down that road with you. I, I feel the pain of trying to point uh, on on these calls and such. So, well, see, but, I'm the rookie at all this. You guys are the vets. Does it ever get any easier? I'm still trying to figure this out. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I mean, we already have one mistake in, which no one will ever hear. So. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody but everybody here. Um, but yeah, normally we have you know one guest at a time, um, and we kind of deep dive. Um, we have had Steuben on um, pre. Uh, gust of wind but we have not had yeah. the chance to to really deep dive and get to know gazer beam a little bit more um so before we you know really get into the the stupid side i want to um first and foremost uh you know gazer um who are you and what how what is your your um pokemon journey thus far uh well appreciate the opportunity to be on here um sure. i am gazer in 2k uh if you want the legal name i have to you have to pay me a little money for that one i could tell you guys <laughs> but no um my Pokemon journey so far is, I feel like it's really just unfolding. I've uh, I've played since I was younger. Uh, elementary school, little Gazer was out there in the playground, you know, uh, <laughs> playing with the, his schoolmates and winning small local tournaments and stuff like that. And then I got away from the game, you know, got away from the game, still collected here and there throughout the years. And then um, seen a YouTube video by a, a YouTuber named Shady Penguin. And he was playing the Pokemon trading card game online. And this is like 22-year-old Gazer, whatever it was, 23-year-old. I'm like... Yo, I used to play that game. I remember that. The, the Pokemon cards. I remember those things. Yeah. So I was like, let me look into it. So I, can, I downloaded it, started playing online since uh, Furious Fist, XY, Furious Fist. That was like 2014, somewhere around there. Uh, played online for a while. Never got really super, du super duper competitive, but um, I played online. When the pandemic hit, I was looking for something to do. And I was like, oh, I could play the Pokemon game again. I played, you know, sporadically, you know, two or three times a month, mm -hmm. maybe four or five times a month. Um, but I was like, I, I have all this free time. I work for a school district. So when everything shut down, school shut down. I coach basketball. So basketball shut down and, you know, praise the Lord. Thank, thank Arceus. I was still getting, you know, paid and taken care of and able to take care of my family and everything like right. that. But I was bored. So I uh, looked into the streaming side of things because I've seen a few streamers, you know, uh, Tricky Jim, Azul Gigi. I've seen them streaming and I was like, I, I, I watched them learn more about how to, you know, play more competitive decks and, you know, more about the game. And I said, like, oh, this streaming thing looks fun. So we were going to first get my wife streaming because she wasn't working either. She worked for the school district, but then she got a job at a, at a grocery store. Okay. And it was paying really well because of pandemic pay. So she had to take the job. So I was like, well, we have all this stuff we got. I'll stream. You know, um, I felt like Thanos in Avengers, you know, <laughs> fine, I'll do it myself. So I got up <laughs> and put everything together, the cheapest stuff possible. Cause I said, hey, I'll be back at work in a couple months, and, you know, school, you know, when a school, you know, school year runs back, comes back around in September, I'll be back at work. We didn't go back to work until May of the following year. So started streaming, had a good time, really enjoyed it, got more competitive into the game. I've been playing locally competitively for about six months now. And I've done really well at a few locals. Um, we've had some 1Ks where I, I swear, Jake, I swear, Chuck, man, I've just, I'm so average in, in the big tournaments. The little ones I can yep. take second all day, you know, top four all day, you know, top four out of 15, 16 people, cool. The big ones with, you know, 35, 45, 50 people. I'm right down the middle. I remember the biggest 1K we had here. We had 55 people. Azul GG was there. Uh, Liam Kidd, Gabriel Smart, uh, Noah, Yoshida, a few other players too. You know, these are top players. 
So it's a, it's a tough, it's a stacked 1K. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Out of 50, out of 52 players, I finished 26. Yeah. Like that's literally just right, just right, right down the middle. Right. Yeah. So I do that. I got to up my, um, I got to up my resume a little bit, but I'm that, working towards it. That is it. the struggle though. Uh, not to like interrupt. Cause I think Chuck and I kind of struggle with the same thing where locally, you know, you know, we can, we can hit that for a second, you know, hit, hit top four pretty consistently. Exactly. Uh, but then whenever you get to those big, big tournaments, um, you know, it's, it's hard, um, especially at these regionals, even just to get, uh, even just to get points, um, you know, in not even make day two is n- not the easiest thing in the world to do. So, um, you know, we're right there with you. It's just, just trying to get to that next level. Um, and you just, just persistence and, you know, in, and continually growing as a player and as a person. Yeah, it's uh that is a struggle. That's what I'm working towards. And that's what I'm gearing towards. Um, I'm going to step out to my first regional, um, probably Portland. I probably do Portland regional. I'm on the West coast. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely gonna hit up all the West coast ones. Yeah. I'm trying to get out East to one, at least one big one out East. And, um, I don't know if it's been announced yet officially, but uh, I'm from Fresno, California. And there's rumors that there might be a regional here in Fresno. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, so uh, it's right in my backyard. It's literally the place that I think they'll have it at is about five minutes from my house. <laughs> so, if, you know, if I have yeah. to check in, you know, be you know be there by 8 o'clock, I could wake up at 7.30. Like, all right, here we go. Right. So that would be kind of fun. But right. uh, I definitely want to get some regionals in. I'm feeling more confident when I'm, you know, in my abilities and what I'm, you know, when I'm getting, I'm getting better at the game. So I'm, I'm feeling like I'm, I'm, still a, I'm still a rookie, but I feel like I'm getting, you know, more experience and more and more and more. I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to be like you guys one day. <laughs> we still we're, we're, we're still, we're, we're still, we're still trying to get there too yeah <laughs> i it, it is a slower climb than you might expect um and it's not a bad climb i mean it, it is it can be a bad at times but uh it's just like you just gotta keep like climbing the like you're 26 next time you do that one day you're you're 18 and just be proud that you're moving up still because mm. every small increment um, is comes down to tiny decisions that you may not uh, even know the consequences of that is the difference between top cut and not. Yeah. So uh, that's the thing it's I've realized. All the little that, micro decisions that you can kick yourself after the fact. Sometimes you don't even realize you made a mistake because um, it's that small, but it's that that little mistake that makes the difference. Um, and that's the hardest part, just to you know, be honest with yourself, or even just identify and grow from those. Um, so, um, but I feel like we've been uh, ignoring Steuben a little bit. Steuben, that's fine. I'm, um, I do it all the time. So. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Let let Gazer get the light. I've been here before, you know. Uh, yes, yes, but, yeah. but so. for those th- that maybe missed that episode or or you know are newer to our podcast, um, give a little bit of a rundown about yourself. Ooh, well, I mean, even since then, a lot of things have changed right. uh, for sure. Uh, I now currently work at a card shop compared to then. But for those that don't know, uh, my name is Steuben, ST00BN. You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, everywhere. Uh, Content, streaming. uh, And I also manage a small game store in the middle of nowhere in Ohio now. So uh, TOing there, uh, running uh, things like league and pre-release events. We've done a few like win a specific card tournaments like uh, Winizard. uh, And then we're going to get ready to do to... uh, premium collection as well the one is our uh, pre- uh, premium collection when those come out so pretty stoked for stuff like that that's super awesome um yeah i mean you've also been on a little bit of a grind because i know i've seen you to a few of these regionals um how yeah. has your season gone uh, so far yeah well you see 
there's this thing called bubbling top 256 at every event that I've been to. Me too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the size of the events now are just so huge that like a five, three in one record, you know, three to four years ago would mean, oh, cool. Top 64, top 128. Now a right. five, three, one means you're in, you're in a 90 something person bubble for top 256 at these thousand plus player regionals. Right. And it's insanely hard. Um, at Indy last season, I was four, two, and three, thanks to ties and bubbled top 256. In Milwaukee, I was one win away from uh, day two with Dark Rye, of all things, in the Astral <laughs> Radiance format. And then most recently in Baltimore, I went 5 3 1 with Mew. And I was I right mean, there. Yeah, 5 3 1 270 something, I think. Yeah. So I was pretty bummed about that. Ooh. 270 something oh, yeah i know i know i've finished five three one twice and then i went four four three two and another one so i'm right there with you um uh, where you know you, just like i was saying alluding to when we were talking to gazer about um you know how hard it is to make cut and just even just get points um right now it is it is a high standard to set but you know we're on the right track um, you just got to stay persistent. I know it hurts sometimes when you're so, so close, um, but take those as wins because, you know, you know, you're at least there and your day is not ruined right away. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I've done it before. Uh, it's been a long time uh, since, a, you know, point getting at a regional. But, you know, working, you know, 30 to 40 hours a week also doesn't allow me to go right. to every single event with like budget and stuff like that. We're yeah. working on saving up for a house or a larger apartment right. in the near future here. So like, I just can't like spring it and drive nine hours to Peoria, but I'm considering just busting out the old capital one and hitting the Arlington uh, regional up. Oh, really? You, you, you yeah. haven't told me that, Stu. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of the, some of the redacted guys are thinking about going, so I might go. Yeah, you might, you should treat yourself, but yeah, I mean, you brought up a good point though. Um, you, you know, like the four of us here, um, you know, we're starting families or we have families, houses, all that stuff, growing up life, uh, you know, actual jobs. And I feel like a lot of these top, top players, um, not that they don't have their own lives, but they, they had such success at an early, um, period of their life that they can almost make Pokemon their career kind of a uh, decision, uh, at least at the, you know, a lot of stages right now. Um, so they're able to just be able to put that much more time in than, than we are. Cause we're putting 40 mm -hmm. plus hours a week in to a normal nine to five. Uh, and then, you know, <laughs> um, you know, life on top of that. And then maybe we're lucky if we get two, three hours a day, uh, to get some practice in, uh, compared to that 10 hour mark. Mm -hmm. No, I definitely think like, uh, we're all in that Pokemon boomer age, mm -hmm. you know, we all were nine to 12 years old when red and blue came out and, you know, 30 plus something year olds. And, you know, a lot of the people that are doing really well, if you look at their age, they're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, still in college. So That's like, sick, man. they right, can, right, they so can jealous. definitely, uh, <laughs> commit more time to it than, you know, the average adult. No, and I, I think agree. I think it speaks to your you know point. Uh, this stuff is becoming a, a career to these people. No, mm -hmm. I, I don't mean these people. But you know what I mean? It's becoming a career to uh, to these type of players. The younger ones, you know, start playing at a young age and they realize they can you know make some money off of it. The streaming aspects of it, the uh, the social media aspects, and just oh, everything yeah, and that entails too. with this now. Yeah. Coaching yeah. and just it's, yep. it's becoming a career. It's it's I'm, I'm jealous. 
yeah we were just yeah. what 10 10 10 ish years um off there <laughs> if we would have started uh earlier in our careers i guess but oh well yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, at, when I was that age, I was a professional Yu-Gi-Oh player, so that's uh, that's a whole different ball game. Yeah, <laughs> at that at that time, I was playing hockey, and that that was consuming my life. <laughs> so there was there was definitely other things uh, getting in the way for me. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't doing anything competitive at that age. Uh, I'm just gonna not talk about what I was doing. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not hear what Young Chuck was doing. Chuck was out there partying. <laughs> Uh, maybe uh young chuck must be nice happy belated birthday by the way i had a birthday uh, last tuesday matter of fact so happy belated birthday to you appreciate it it's it's a birthday episode yeah Yeah. Um, i have a feeling that everyone listening to this podcast has had a birthday at some point in time so happy birthday anyone out there yeah happy birthday community (laughs) uh we we love you um and you guys are awesome exactly Uh, but going on from you know just competitive play and kind of your guys's backgrounds um so since the last time we talked to Steuben, there was no gust of wind um you know you you guys are a newer podcast how did that journey to creating the podcast with you two um start and how's it going oh man okay so here we go good and bad i guess like uh, originally, <laughs> Gazer uh, wanted to do something with uh, myself and Sonny, mm-hmm. uh, some sort of like collab stream. And that'd be the real Sonny Games, if anyone's yeah. wondering. Yes. Uh, yeah, shout out to real Sonny Games. Sonny, Sonny's been on, on your pod before. Yeah, I know he's been here, but just shout out to real Sonny Games. And, um, you know, Sonny's very tight with his schedule. Yes, he uh, is. is not very flexible with his schedule. So like, you know, Gaze originally wanted to do a Nuzlocke and I'm, you know, I did one uh, for one of my birthday streams and I never wanted to do it again. I was <laughs> bored out of my mind for 13 hours straight eating spicy foods. And I was just like, nah, I'm good. The grinding in these, it's, it's just so monotonous. I've played these games before. I don't want to experience this way again. Uh, so I was just like, well, what else could we do? And I was just like, well, how about a podcast? Like we could just, why not? Why that? Why the heck not? And give it a run. Right. And now we're almost to 30 ish episodes, give or take like a couple bonus ones. Um, and a few off the record streams and stuff like that, that we do like a gust of wind after dark sometimes uh, right. post pod live stream post pod, <laughs> but it's, it's been fun. Uh, it's also you know, I, I get it now for you guys too, like scheduling guests and and everything. It's kind of a nightmare sometimes. It can be, uh, but like I, I, we've had you know a lot of awesome guests uh, through the past. I think it, the the thing is, um, you don't always want to rely on guests. You want to also be able to do episodes, you know, just just the two of you and be able to carry it. I know we had J.W. Crewall on, and he definitely. Um, at, at that point, he was like, you know, it's awesome that you guys are having these guests, but you, you definitely want to focus on, um, you know, just being able to establish yourselves uh, as part of the community and, and walk on your own two feet. Um, mm-hmm. And I really took that to heart. Um, and, and not that I don't like having guests because it's awesome being able to have this whole community as one. Um, but, you know, th- there's a little bit of balance. Uh, so I guess that's what I have to say about that. Gazer's always there. afraid of yeah. uh, our solo episodes, but yet they yeah, perform dude. perfectly fine in line with like the rest of the stats and yeah, stuff like that. Exactly. I'm, I'm learning that now. Let me tell you something. Um, the, the first we did our first episode was just myself and Subin. And I was like, OK, that's good to start off with. And then mm-hmm. I started lining up guests and different, you know, different people. And Subin was like, what can you get this guy? So I found this guy. I found this person who talked to the regional and you know, this content creator and, you know, we're, we're doing, we're, we're rolling, plugging along. And by right. about episode 15, 
Sue and I were thinking the same thing, but I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to verbalize it. But Sue was like, we need to probably do, you know, another solo episode. I said, no, right. no, we can't. I said, no, we're not, we're not good. We're not good enough yet. We're not big I, enough. I we're not there. the same way with ours. <laughs> but yeah, he, yeah, he said, we have to. I said, I know we have to, but we can't. I just don't want to. We can't. Right, and yeah. Sue, you know, he, he, we said, we're going to go ahead and do it. And we did it. And actually did surprisingly, you know, up to our regular episodes. I was like, oh, I said, so people are listening for for us not just for the yes, guests that was exactly. you know for the content so that was nice to learn but um it could be scary you know like you say stepping out there on your own two feet you know not sure you know how well you succeed this is a uh, new to me i've never done a podcast i listen to podcasts all the time and mm-hmm. uh radio stations radio shows listen to nba radio all the time stuff like that but doing it myself i never thought about that i just i just wanted to collab on a couple streams with Steuben and sunny right. you know those are my guys you know um when i started streaming on twitch they helped me out, you know, a lot, you know, build my community and just, uh, you know, support me. So I'm like, I want to stream with you guys. You guys are my guys. And, you know, exactly. so he has his schedule and it is what it is. And I was coming with like, well, what about a Nuzlocke? Okay, what if we do a pack battle, you know, ETP battle, opening real cards? What if we, I'm, I'm coming up with different ideas and nothing's really working. I'm, I'm not frustrated. I'm just like, oh, I'm kind of bummed out. And the student said, yeah. hey, what if we just do like a, you know, the average thing, just make a podcast? I'm like, yeah, I guess everyone makes a podcast nowadays. They Why kind not? Of. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, we, we did it. And it's, it's been a journey coming up on 30 episodes and the solo ones frightened me, but now I'm, I'm like, I feel more confident in them. I feel a little bit you better. The first it was, oof, man. <laughs> so, quality content is this. You guys got this. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many times, you know, Chuck and I will have a solo episode and I'm like, man, there's really nothing to talk about. And somehow we stretch <laughs> that into an hour and a half worth of, of conversation. So, you know, you guys got this. Just have you got to have uh, confidence in, or faith in yourself. Yeah, it's Gazer's the big chicken on that one, honestly. I'm, I'm doing better. I'm doing he's, better. He's learning to spread his wings. He's, he's He just Let needs me a little of wind underneath those wings. That's all he needs. There we go. <laughs> oh, I love this- it. Yeah, I mean, when when you do the solo episodes, especially with Jake, we just literally just talk Pokemon with friends. Like we're not even on a podcast, right. and that just I think that that's how you just get confident in that, and just know that you got you and Steuben can talk Pokemon, and it's entertaining. However, you guys just chat Pokemon between the two of you, exactly. So, just, I appreciate it. Man. I just want to be like you guys when I grow up, you know, go to some regionals, bubble out of top, you know, 252 and, uh, you know, get to, what do you guys, what season are you guys on? Three? This uh, is season three. Yeah. Three. Season yeah. three. Yeah. yeah. I want to, I want to yeah. get through three seasons of a podcast, bubble out of tournaments. I just want to be you guys. Man. Hey, just... I, I've made cuts a few times during pandemic. I made, <laughs> I made players cup, uh, two and three cuts. Um, so, so I've made, I've made top two. That's better than me. I made players cup one and, uh, i Basically bubbled out of Players Cup two and three. Players Cup four, I just went for fun and just played uh, mm-hmm. Gengar Mimikyu because that was just that was my go-to right. deck, man. I, right. I love that deck, and I went for fun. And like my first maybe fifteen keys, I was so hot. Right. I had close to, I think I doubled up on my. I had close to like 35, 40 points out of fifteen keys, and then like the next maybe fifteen, 20, I just crashed. I just crashed right. and burned. Yeah, so I missed it's, Players Cup four, but uh, I finally made a team challenge. And this is my first one I actually you know went for. Made go. one. I went, yeah, I played one team challenge uh, tournament last year, took second in it. And I was like, well, that was whatever. And I just, I didn't think anything of it. And then I seen, you know, some of the prizing you get. And I'm like, oh, Ooh, yeah. I need to compete. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm new to the playing, you know, IRL. So I didn't know anything about it. So uh, some of the local tournaments I go to say, hey, we're going to start team challenges. It's like, oh, well, I guess I'm out. Like, what do you mean? I said, don't you guys like handpick the team and choose who, you know, you pick? No. It's like, no, <laughs> everyone competes. It's an all out war. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, you compete against each other, you beat each other up, and then you're like, oh, you're my brothers and sisters. Let's go. <laughs> Come to here, war we're teammates. <laughs> exactly. 
I've, I've had it on both ends where once uh, I think it was season two, I finished second, second, third, second. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, geez. And then last season I made it on my first attempt and then we ended up going to top 32. So, you know, there's Yo, I've, I've had both uh, both ends of the spectrum. So it's still just a blast to be part of the community, regardless of how you do personally. Well, yeah, I'm learning that now. Um, my team challenge journey, I played in a four before I finally made one. I made mm-hmm. my fourth one. Um, the first three before that, I took like top four, four, and f- yeah, I took top four all, all three times. Right. And two of those times, I got knocked out of the tournament by the same guy. He was playing uh, <laughs> Reggie Gigas, and I'm playing Zor V Star. And I'm dominating, you know, Palkias and Muse, and no problem. I get to uh, Reggie Gigas. And I don't play Dunspars because no one plays fighting around my area. So I'm like, right. I don't have to worry about Dunspars. Mm-hmm. But this one guy plays the, the the Reggies and he has the Reggie rock. He just smacked me both times. And like, but he finally won the third one. Like, oh, he's out. I don't have to worry about him. And then the fourth <laughs> one, I, I went ahead and uh, I won that one. So there we go. There we go. Well, congrats go. On, on making the team. Yeah. Um, but hey, let's get into our standard questions. I know, Steuben, we've asked these of you, um, except we do have one new one. But we'll get into Gazer first. Um, so uh, should I be nervous? Uh, yeah, they're real growers. terrified. Almost Halloween. Okay, so this is a, depending on the person, this is are either one of the easiest or hardest questions to start us off. Um, what is your favorite Pokemon? Oh, oh. depending. Yeah, this is gonna be one of the hardest questions. I don't know <laughs> if I have a favorite. I love so many different Pokemon. Um, I guess you can call me a Gen Oneer because I'm old and, and you know I'm an old guy. So I got a lot of, you know, Gen 1, Gen 1 Pokemon I like, but I don't know if I have just a specifically just a favorite. Um, I, I can name off, of, I can rattle off a lot that I like, but I don't have a favorite. Okay, okay. Well, okay. Then let's just, well rattle let's off see. one that you like then. Uh, off, yeah. First thing to come to mind, Gengar. Um, there we go. Gengar. You oh, Gengar. Gengar. Oh, okay, we'll stop Gengar. It's, it's officially your favorite now. It's you officially your favorite. So now you, so many I, other creators have Gengar as their mascot. I gotta, I gotta do something different, right? Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. That last, last <laughs> team challenge, the Gengar mat. Everything. Gengar is a great Pokemon. You just gotta own it more, and then it'll Gengar be yours. Okay, right. maybe right. you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the second question is. Uh, not too hard. Uh, what is your favorite Pokemon card? Um, and this could be for any reason, whether you uh, it won you something, uh, it got you in that team challenge, uh, you just like the art, um, you collected it as a kid, any reason, favorite Pokemon card? Man, this one is hard. <laughs> no. Um, um, I probably have to go with Gengar Mimikyu Tag Team. GX. Um, okay. I just... I played that deck for funsies just because it was a cool deck. The concept where you, uh, I played the one where you lock them out from items with uh, yep. uh, Amistar. Yeah. Yes. Fossil Lock Amistar. So yeah, I played that and it's just, you know, a Gengar versus the world and opponents would get mad and salty. And I, I placed <laughs> well in a few uh, limitless tournaments with that deck. I took like top 20 in a few of them. And I don't mean that's not spectacular, but you know, 20 out of uh, 200 people. I was like, okay, that's, that's not bad. That's, that's not something. Bad. So yeah. Um, and just, I would play that on stream and I knew how to pilot that deck really well. And it just, it found a special place in my heart. I was sad when it rotated out. Um, I had a good time with that deck. So it might be that card. I'm loving Hasui and Zorak V-Star right now too. It's another deck, another card I know how to pilot really well. And, um, I have a first edition Neo Genesis Lugia that, uh, I need to get graded one day, but it's just sitting in a binder here. It's been sitting here for, how long has that card been out? 20 years? Yeah, we're like twenty uh, years. Yeah. 20, 21, I think now at this point. Oh, wow. how old are we? We're old. <laughs> we're too old. 
<laughs> but yeah, that Lugia, it means a lot too. Because uh, that was the the very first booster box I ever bought. Um, I was, how was I? 12, 13, however what I was. I bought a you know booster box with my own money I saved up. And I ripped open a few packs. And I pulled the Lugia. First edition, I was like, wow, I'm going to put this in. Because it wasn't playable. So I'm going to put this in a top loader. And I'll just, I'll hold on to it forever. And I still have it. So there we go. And it's in good condition. Wow. It's in good condition. <laughs> Gazer making 13-year-old Gazer making smart choices with his Pokemon cards. <laughs> well, I knew it had I to be worth something mean. one day. I was like, well, I knew, okay, I was like, it's probably worth something right now. I didn't think about one day. I was like, okay, it's worth some money. I'm going to hold on to it because I'm not going to play it because it's not very playable. So I'm just going to put it in here and just keep, keep, you know, keep care of it. My precious. And here we are now. I think that card is worth quite a bit now. Well, let's go. You need to get that graded ASAP. I should. <laughs> All right. So let's go from your favorite Pokemon card to... The Pokemon card you dislike the most, and that could be for any reason. Uh, it, you know, it, it it hurt you one game, or it knocked you out of a tournament, or anything like that. You just don't <laughs> like playing against it. Steven plays it that, too many times. That that Reggie, the Reggie Rock that you were just talking about. <laughs> this I'm not even. I'm not even. Mad. I used to play uh, Reggies for two months straight. So I'm not even right. mad at the Reggies. I'm not even mad at that. The card that I really dislike the most is uh, somewhat newer. It's um, a Victini V Max. Oh, come okay. on, man. <laughs> that, I've not heard that as somebody's card that they hate the most um, on the podcast. I've heard the opposite. Uh, shout out to Judge Darren, Judge Bunny. Um, but why why Victini V, <laughs> v Max? It's such a mid, not even mid, it's such a bad V Max, in my opinion. Um, for two fire energies, I can do 100 damage or 220 if I'm lucky. Um, if you're a V, I'm doing 220, but if you're not a V, I can't even, uh, when it first came out, you couldn't even knock out a Dedenne GX with it. I said, if a card can't knock out a Dedenne GX, why are you playing it? Why is this your main attacker? What are you doing? If I'm playing a deck and I see you play Victini uh, VMAX, I'm just going to put forward my Dedenne and say, good luck with that. (laughs) 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 So just based off that, and, and so many people are trying to play it and make it work. I said, guys, stop playing that card. It can't work. It's not good. It's not great. And they said, well, you know, when GXs rotate, it'll be good. And then GXs rotated, and it still wasn't good. And Steuben, I know you, you had some success with it. You played our guy nine card with it. You beat him. Down. That's great for you, Steuben. But it's a bad card, and I don't like it. I mean, those are fighting words for some people in the community. Let's <laughs> uh, Steuben and, and Judge Buddy are going to come at you. <laughs> it's not my favorite card by any means, but I really did like the deck until Palkia came out. Yeah, yes. I mean, that's, that's fair. And I, w- I wouldn't mind uh, playing it with the new nine tails, but at the same time, Palkia. Oh. <laughs> yeah, at the same time, Palkia. Just Palkia. Palkia. Yeah, I was so going to say, I think Victini had the distinct uh, distinction of being the best fire deck after rotation mm-hmm. until Palkia came What a out. sad world we lived in at that time. Oh, man. Well, hey, I'm still, I still try and find ways to make Santa Scorch work, so we'll oh, have no. a Pokemon. R.I.P. Oh. Welder and Giant Hearth. <laughs> And then I we have Gardenia and uh, uh, I guess Energy Search now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. All, All right, right, Chuck, uh, you want to get the next one? Yep. Our, our last question um, ah, is... Our second to last. Second to last question, yes. Uh, this is a newer question, too. So Steuben might get in on this one as well. I don't think mm-hmm. we asked him. No, I don't think so. So uh, this one is, what is your fondest or favorite pokemon memory so this can i mean we had a bunch of different stories whether it's just being at regionals with friends or things like that but something that when you think of in the in your 
memories of Pokemon is your favorite memory? You Subin tackle it first, Ben. Oh man, uh, that's that's kind of rough because there's just so many good things uh, that have happened over the years. But just pick out pick out a, a feel good story then. Yeah. All right, uh, I don't remember exactly what year, but they sell the Pokemon Center in New York City in Rockefeller Square. My grandma went on a bus trip and she brought me back the uh, Christmas stocking and pillow that match. And I still have them to this day of Charizard. Mm -hmm. Uh, So every year for Christmas, I put that stocking on the Christmas tree and put the pillow underneath it. Uh, So that's that's probably it. I mean, I could say all the times that I've won League Cups and so on and so forth. I don't care about any of that. Yeah, it's the the old me sentimental uh i was bummed i couldn't go because it was some sort of school project or something stupid at the time but she still mm. brought me back a whole bunch of stuff from there oh that's a beautiful story um, stalking. that's yeah. i like that yeah that's that's, that's the kind of stories we like to hear from this question and hence why we ask it gazer do you got one that you can one up stupid or yeah mine's not as wholesome so one time i fought this guy right no i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> this guy saw my charizard right i was gonna no but um no um honestly it's it's probably let's see hmm i enjoyed collecting as a kid playing as a kid but um i have to say it's more recent um just the the, the friends community I've, I've uh reached and made out you know out of all you know all of this you guys streaming uh playing locally now just uh these new memories, you know, these things I, I can relate to Pokemon. I've been playing Pokemon since I was a kid, you know, yeah. card games, video games, watching the anime and stuff like that. But now, you know, there's, you know, people I share this stuff with and just just doing doing all of that, you know, in, in, a, in a vacuum is just just looking back at that right now. I, I don't know. I, I enjoy that. Like, uh, I'm not here to get sentimental and emotional or anything like that. But uh, last year, my birthday, my wife uh, got a hold of a few of my uh, people i know from uh streams and streamers and mm-hmm. some of my viewers and uh they all sent me a, you know a little personalized birthday message she put it together as a co- you know collaboration and that really moved me right there yeah. just the fact that yeah. this children's card game brought you know this many cool people into my life it, i don't know that means a lot to me yeah yeah i have a very right. you know very similar sentiment at least on mine um yeah the community is awesome um and then just those personal relationships you make um, e- even if it's like you've never met the person in real life and just, you know, being able to talk and connect with people mm-hmm. is the beautiful part about this game. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the Pokemon card game is the thing we do, but the community and the friends you make is why you, why we all, I think, stay so and, and stick around. So oh, sure. that's a great, great story for both of you. Great A um, stories, things to hear. But we got one last yes, question. We've got one last one. Ooh, this is a fun one. Stupid, now, right? I, I, no, this is for both both oh. of you. And and either one of you guys can jump in right away because this is a question you're either going to know right off the bat or it's one you're going to like struggle with. So hopefully one of you is the right off the bat one. Um, but uh, going into the season, you go, you go to uh, your regionals, you're going into a stream game, and before the stream starts, you're walking up to the stage, and if Pokemon were to play a walk-up music or a walk-up song for you coming up to stage, what's that song? Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> oh dude, I have no idea. Come on. Okay. I- Mine is kind of lame. Doesn't matter. <laughs> 
I, I have, oh, let's see. Okay, I have two in mind. <laughs> I have two. One is pressure. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, mean, I don't want to crack on the pressure. Just, I just said, doom, 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 Just, you know, yeah. coming to that be real smooth. And the other one is, uh, I don't know if you guys heard this song. There's a rapper. Oh, how, how many years ago was this? Like 2006, 2007. His name was Mims. And he, he had a one-hit wonder. It was all over ringtones at the time. It was, this is why I'm hot. This is why I'm hot. This is why, this is why. This And just that song, I would just come out with some, you know, one is like, you know, coming right. out real smooth pressure. Another one's like coming out with like swagger. Like, yeah, yeah I'm here. So swag, it, yeah. I guess it depends on my mood. So it's going to be one of those two songs probably. Hey, solid answers for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I don't know. Oh, man, I don't know. Probably Cream of the Crop by Dance Gavin Dance. That okay. like the name you of the song. Dance, Gavin, Dance, it it like feeds into, you know, you know, <laughs> being on top and all that stuff. So big confidence booster, I think. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Those are those are the songs we like to hear. Things that I mean, I like Gazer's pick of something that might give you a little swag going in, just something. That's what we want to hear those musics that give you the music choices that'll give you the confidence going into a game just to just to take it 2-0 real quick. <laughs> split. I mean, that's a good question. I like that question. Thank you. Yeah, that's he's one gonna of our newer ones. He's going to steal it now. Hey, I, you've I got am. to at least I, give yeah. us credit when you when you ask us or ask your, your guests those questions. But no, no, you're more than welcome to take that question. The triple P. Uh, uh, last second questions. I don't know. Stuff. We'll come up with something. <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's caught on. I I, I kind of want to re- bring a really big speaker to regionals now and just start doing it. <laughs> right. Uh, in this, we need to people get kicked crowd. out so fast. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> yeah. You can't. I just just play, Pokemon should do it. Playing music, uh, somewhat loud. It's not that they don't walk out while they're streaming, so I don't see the harm. But exactly. Hey, Exactly. I feel like a funny project for uh, the dude that does our videos, uh, MW. Uh, he could like technically take the footage of like the regional videos and the streams that they're walking up to the chair and just like just edit it and just make it funny, like the John Cena theme. Like, right, right. <laughs> exactly. That's what we're looking for here. I mean, I've always had the, the, the silly, I've said this to Jake while we're at regionals, but like, I've always said, like, if I ever get on stream and I win, I want Jake to, like, go get, while I'm playing, go get, like, two cans of, like, liquid death, because it can't be actual beer. And then when I win, it just, I'm going to, like, do the stone cold, throw me some beers and just crack them. And then oh, let's dude. go nuts on stage, because I won. And then you'll be permanently banned from the Pokemon beer. company and never <laughs> be able to play again. It's but just it water. Great. It's just water. That's what I said. It's just water. I told him to get paper towels too, and I said I'll just clean it up afterwards. I, I thought you were going to say grab the steel chair from underneath. <laughs> <somebody> <laughs> come I love the mango liquid death. Uh, it's the best. If you haven't had the mango, <laughs> please try it. It's so good. We will have to do that. All right, so that is it for our standard questions. I feel we've got to know you guys a little bit better. Um, with the Pokemon game and a little bit, you know, outside just your personality. So uh, thank you guys for joining in our fun shenanigans. Of course. Yep. So um, now let's jump into some trivia. It's time, time for trivia, trivia. If you guys haven't, uh, you know, heard um, what we do here is um, we each, Chuck and I each bring a trivia question. Um, so whenever I ask, it will be a collective group. So Chuck is going to try to guess as well as you two. 
Um, and then vice versa, when Chuck is asking, it'll be myself and you two trying to guess. So we're kind of like teaming up and see if we can stump each other. Sometimes we come up with really easy questions. Sometimes they're really, really hard. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see where we are. Um, but I, I will start us off. Um, I play this game, uh, name that Pokemon this ability and or attack belongs to. And today's ability name. Okay is voltage beat oh that's simple i got this i'm not gonna say nothing that's way too easy but yeah i was trying i was trying here i was trying to throw you guys off with a little bit of voltage (laughs) i sure do love electricity if it's so easy (laughs) just say it Uh, on the count of three you guys what do you think yeah i'm ready (laughs) i think all right uh jake on the count of sound one, two, three. Rillaboom. Oh, God. Well, you know, I thought it was so long ago that that card came out. Uh, and I thought Voltage might have confused you guys. But no, obviously, I was wrong. Um, now Gazer's feeling real confident over there. He was nervous. I was nervous. I'm not nervous anymore. I just where's my, where's my music? I dug mine out of for a potential uh, Reggie Drago partner. Well, see, that, that's, that's actually... Well, uh, it's a stage two. I don't know. Yeah, it, I didn't. I didn't go with it. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, again, I think last week I said I needed to do an attack name because it's been a minute since I've done an attack. Um, so, Chuck, how about you throw us another one, and then I will maybe try to find a quick attack name that we could uh, do another game. Okay. Well, Jake's question leads me to have non-confidence in mind. So, <laughs> I uh, the. I usually do it's very similar. It's just card knowledge, kind of trivia, but I am going to read you the text of a trainer card, and then you have to tell me what that trainer card is. Um, so uh, this could be anything from stadium supporter tool card. Um, so the text on this trainer uh, training card says heal 80 damage from one of your Pokemon. That has at least one psychic energy attached. Oh, if you do any damage, <laughs> I let him finish. As soon as you said heal eighty damage, I knew what it was. <laughs> Suspicious food, Sam. <laughs> Sus food. I didn't. I didn't dig deep enough into the cards that don't get played that much. I guess. Yeah, oh, we I both lo- kind of uh, failed we- this week pretty miserably. Well. Uh, I try to dig into like things that I just never see, and that's a card I never see. But okay, I got one. Oh. I got one for you guys. Then oh. all right, let's go. He's turning the tables. Save, he's gonna, gonna, save gonna flip this around. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, okay, this is a trainer, so supporter. Because I'm thinking, I was thinking about supporters the other day that just do not see play, and this one came to mind. Um, what is it? Draw, uh, I think you. It's a supporter. Draw a card for each of your opponents. Pokemon V in play. Oh, uh, I think. Such a bad card. Yeah, that's not great. I wonder why we don't know the name of it. Is he? That's not Gym Trainer. It's not Gym Trainer, but I do know what that does. Gym Trainer is a draw two cards. If you had a Pokemon knocked out, draw two more. I don't know why I know that, but I do. 
Man, Gazer, why were you even nervous at all? Oh, wait, is it, is it Dancer? Is it Dancer? It's not Dancer. Oh, what is Dancer? It's not Dancer. Dancer is, was it uh, Draw a Card? Tell you what dancer is. No, what is Dancer? Rhythm is a Dancer. <laughs> dancer is draw two cards. If you go second, it's your first turn. You draw three more cards. Okay. It's not That's Dancer. So I don't think. Man, there's some bad supporters out there. Yeah, there's some really bad. I don't know. I think I was looking at a Roma lady. Feels... Roma lady's pretty bad. Hill of special condition, draw two cards. This like, that's feels... so bad. This feels like it's like mid. So it's like probably chilling rain battle styles somewhere in that. I'm cheating right now, and I still can't figure it out. <laughs> is it? Is it battle style? I don't know what that's from. I feel like it's like it's been around for a while. I remember having. I have this. a feeling it's not a card, but I. Can... <laughs> <laughs> that, that can't be a true card. It can't be. Chuck, it, is. Chuck, it is a real card. Trust me, it's a bad card. <laughs> the last time Gazer said "trust me," he scammed everybody on Twitch. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I feel this is real or not now. You're not bringing up the backflip again, are you? Oh, you guys know about the backflip, right? Let's hear it. I, oh. I give up. I, we're, the, the, the what, card is, what is the card? Yeah. The card is a uh, honey. Okay. Oh, yeah, I knew that. That card. Oh, yeah, that's such a bad card. <laughs> I was looking at uh, trainers oh, last supporters last night. I saw honey, honey and I saw a woman late. I'm like, wow, these two are bad cards. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. But now, now I want to hear about this backflip. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, we'll have to send you the video, Gazer. Go ahead and get the video ready so they can see it after. I'll get the, fact. the video ready. Um, cue the press <laughs> conference while you're at it, too. Uh, <laughs> last year, September on Twitch, uh, Gazer had a goal of 200 gifted subs or subs in general. I think it was 200, if not a 200. Maybe a little, yeah. yeah, 200. Okay. And if he hit 200 subs, he would do a backflip. So this is in reference to he has a channel point redemption. It's like, 900 million blah 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 like infinite nines mm -hmm. and it would be, it would be do a backflip so people always wanted to see him if he could actually do it anyways because no one no one's ever going to watch that much of uh you know gazer stream oh, that much <laughs> channel points tallied up together and so you know he hits the 200 uh the subs and he goes live at like i don't know in the afternoon way earlier than he normally does and all of a sudden he's like yeah i'm gonna do the backflip and he runs off to the side of the screen and then a white dude jumps across the screen instead of <laughs> the backflip and he comes back around the corner he's like i did it woohoo and it just he scammed everybody out of those 200 subs oh geez that's never been confirmed if that was you know who that was that was me i'm gonna that sit was, with that story no yeah no. when they see the video they'll know it was not you <laughs> I guess judgment to be determined. About a hundred pounds lighter as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's awesome. All right, All right. well, that well, is enough for trivia. I think it's time to jump over to Turtwig and Ryan, and let's talk about the meta that was. Ladies and gentlemen, trainers and Pokemon alike, you're listening to <laughs> Turtwig Talks the Meta. This is your host, Ryan, otherwise known as ry for gaming I am joined by none other than the best starter of all time, Turtwig. Without further ado, let's cop right into those top eights. Starting off, Zorark and Palkia both had seven top eight finishes this week. Mew had 13 top eights, Palkia Kyurem had 13 top eights, and sitting at the top, Lost Giratina had 19 top eights to round off the week. That's it for the top eights. I'd like to thank all of our local group at Heroes in Comics and Four Horsemen Comics and Games by shouting out our local players. Thanks again for showing up, guys. I love and appreciate all of you. So, without further ado, let's talk about the decks that won this week. Q1 
Kiram had a single win, Mew had a single win, Lost Box had a single win, Zorark had a single win, and an other deck had a single win this week. Palkia Kiram had two wins, and at the top, Giratina had four wins this week. So, Turtle Group hard on getting all this data ready just for you. So if you could let us know on Twitter at rf gaming your thoughts on this week's report. That does it for this week's Turtle Week Talks the Meta. I hope you all enjoyed and had a wonderful time. Until next time, be safe and take care, Pokemon trainers. The Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes available in-store and online at sportscarjunction.com. Don't forget to check out our weekly league Mondays at 6 p.m. All right, thank you and welcome back. Thank you, Ryan, for that great meta report and um thank you sports card junction for sponsoring our episode and just like we have a transition into this they are because of that sponsorship we are able to give back to the community so we are doing the second week of our giveaway uh so uh hit me jake or just our general twitter at hit pokepod jake at panox one or me at watch whimsy with our keyword Litwick to be entered into a free ETB giveaway, yep. completely free, real cards. These will be sent to your house, no cost, just. And all you have to do is message one of us. <laughs> yeah, just message one of us, and then you get entered, and we're gonna announce the winner next, next week episode. Yes. Uh, Can I just give you the code word now and get entered? (laughs) No, you must. (laughs) You must text us or message us on Twitter. All right, Uh, I'm doing it right now. I'm kidding. (laughs) As our phones just start blowing up. (laughs) Uh, Uh, But but thank you guys again for. We've had a lot of awesome response, um, you know, from last week's episode. Uh, Hopefully that continues, and then we'll choose, you know, a, a, a winner at random, and then hopefully this will become a normal thing every month where we get to. Um, have the opportunity to give give back to the community. Yes. But now it's time to jump into the news. And with this week's news, uh, we just got one big piece of news that we want to talk about, and that yes. is we have our Silver Tempest pre-release promos. So uh, we got four cards released. Uh, I'm going to name all four of them real quick, and then we can just kind of roundtable them all and see who's excited about what. So we have Sunflora. Uh, with the brilliant beam attack, uh, and then we have uh, Rapidash, uh, the fire Pokemon with the uh, heat boost ability, uh, and then we have Corellia, uh, psychic Pokemon uh, with the ability refinement, aka trade, and then Archeops, uh, the only stage two. Everyone else is a stage one, but Archeops is a stage two technically with that primal turbo ability um so i'll pull i'll push this over to the gust of the wind which one are you guys excited to get what do you want to get out of your pre-release kits okay so if i'm playing i want to pull sunflora if i'm not playing i want any of the other three specifically archaeops right i think the sunflora in the sealed draft style play is probably the best one for that format, being able to like just, okay, your opponent got lucky and pulled a, a V or a V star somehow uh, out of their four packs, which can happen. It's weird, yes. but it does. Uh, mm-hmm. But to be able to, you know, 
discard all those and just take a KO on a V. Uh, if you discard three energy, you're hitting for 220. So that's a pretty good number to be able to hit in pre-release. But the other ones are all really good in general. I think we have uh, three bangers, like, you know, uh, if you're not playing in the format. And then you have the Sun Floor, which will, you know, wipe the floor with the format, you know, if you're playing in that uh, pre-release style tournament. Kind of like how the, I thought the Machamp was going to, you know, dominate everything uh, last pre-release. And whenever people got it out, it, it did really well because in pre-release you only play with what, four prizes. You go down to three prizes, that Machamp had 300 HP, which is really right. good. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. So, yeah. You so they this, only uh, gave you support. like a one-one-one line though with yeah, that. Which yeah. was just I think so I, and bad. they knew that. They, they I realized think Pokemon that. realized it and yeah. balanced it because you only got the promo Machamp. They didn't give you another one. Yeah, they throw in a random Gengar. Like here's a Gengar for no reason. Like what? <laughs> so, but yeah, um, I feel like some floor could you know really dominate a pre-release style tournament. I'm going a few, a couple pre-releases this weekend. Uh, last pre-release, I kind of went too hard, so I'm gonna slow down on this one. But um, I, I really think the Curlia. And everyone's going to be after that Archeops, of course, too, because uh, Lugia could be a thing. But I feel like the Curlia could be really good. It might be a new draw support. It might uh, take the place of Inteleon when it rotates out. And uh, the Rapidash, if Fire ever gets, like, good again, is that could that be possible? Is that is that a thing? Yeah, it's definitely yeah. possible. Uh, you know, before the Sword and Shield, or, you know, before the last rotation, Fire was amazing. It was. Um, it only takes one or so two much cards yeah, to, to really tip the balances back in there and then we've already seen um you know damage modifications um make or break uh, a matchup so that plus 30 can definitely make a difference i i think uh i think i'm i'm gonna agree with steuben i think sunflora is gonna be the the if you're the best one to play mm. if you want to win the pre-release uh and like i think archeops will probably be popular to mm-hmm. i think That'll be the biggest meta one that people will want in their decks, yeah. if not Corellia. Um, but I think low-key, I think Rapidash has the potential to be the big bust. But depending on the fire Pokemon they may put in with the kit, you could just like, I could see like some basic Pokemon, like a like you, you just get a Growlithe that does like, I don't know, tackle for 30 damage, but now you're hitting for 60 because you have Rapidash. Yeah, is that stack too? Uh, if you had two, it's yeah. only uh, yeah, it, yeah, it would. Yeah, you have yeah. to have two rapid dashes. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. only once per dash. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy though. Like if if you happen to act, get an extra one, uh, rapid dash might be might be the one depending on the fire attackers. Yeah, I'd be really like I said a little bit ago. I'd be very excited for the rapid dash more so if Palkia wasn't so strong and Kieran wasn't so strong because mm-hmm. you know you get two of these in play. And now Victini can actually hit the numbers it needs to. <laughs> Uh, choice belt and a rapid dash is 280 instead of 220. One more is 310, man. I guess so. There we go. Uh, is gonna be meta again, right? No, before the no. end. <laughs> Add Halucha as well. And I think the, cur- the Curlia is gonna be like a big chase card for GLC players, too. Oh, yeah, honestly. I think that becomes the supreme Curlia to play, uh, oh, in GLC. Sure. And then yeah, you get yeah. there's that one that came out, what evolving skies that can cheat out multiple Curlia in play. Mm-hmm. Uh, for its attack, I think it's what Mirage Step or something. Yeah. So you can Mirage Step into three of the uh, the refinement ones, and then now on your next turn, you've got trade basically on Zorg GX three times. Jeez, please. Yeah, I played that a whole different way. I, I Mirage Step, and I would evolve into the Gardevoir that uh, looked at the top two cards. And uh, yeah. if there's any psychic energy attachment, I played that deck, and it wasn't very good, but it was fun. 
<laughs> but now there's a better curly. There's a better Gardevoir coming out too that has a trade as well, right? Mm-hmm. Something similar. Yeah. I feel like these promos. Uh, I feel like the chase is gonna be the, of course, the Archaeops, but then uh, Curly is probably the next one, right? That everybody's gonna yeah. be after. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like, there's cases for all four. Um, I, I don't remember the last time all four were so, um, you know, so sought after. I guess probably the set. Um, what set was that with the uh, the Galarian birds? Uh, that was Evolving Skies. Mm-hmm. Was evolving, yeah, I think Evolving Skies, right? A lot of people yeah. like that set. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, it's going to be exciting. I can't wait for the next round of pre-releases um, and to chase a couple of these cards. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Well. well, we'll have to wait a couple more weeks or a week or two for those, but we will be getting them soon. Let's get into the meat of this episode's conversation. But we do have some... Uh, tournament results to talk about today. So let's talk about Leal or Lily or I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) That tournament that happened in Europe this week. Yes, there was there was a lot of, um, you know, some of the same old names uh, up there as far as decks. Uh, There were a few surprises on the uh, on the positives and the negatives, I guess. Um, But Mew takes home the you know the regionals, and that's the first regionals Mew has won since uh back in at the IC at uh Australia, I believe, right? Wasn't it the very first that was very yeah, first I think it was their it? first regional, it was like yeah. Melbourne or whatever, yeah, yeah or Melbourne yeah. as they call Melbourne, it. Yeah, so it's been a while since Mew's been at the top of the heap when it comes to these big tournaments, but uh, you know, Mew Mew's there, it's it's definitely evolved since since uh you know the first win. Um, going with the you know just the straight double turbo energies and playing consistency cards he even has a path to the peak in it um so what do you guys think about mew just in general and its place in the meta and this specific list and just kind of like what's going on oh you don't want to hear my thoughts on Mew. no yes yeah, Gazer we, does yes. not does not like mew i like Mew though so i'm his counterpoint yes <laughs> well i want to hear both sides so let's let's hear it Gazer. I think rip, it's a pretty rip into this deck. I think it's a pretty straightforward list, though. Um, yeah. It's what we've seen a lot of online results lead into with the multiple copies of the Lost City. Uh, the path to the peak in there is very, very interesting um, to you know just shut out whatever else. But yeah, for the most part, um, I, I like it a lot. Um, I think we go into a future ahead, though, where we're going to go back to uh, you know Mayoletta and and all that kind of nonsense with the uh, the grass tablet. But mm-hmm. for now, I think it's super solid. Being able to KO Vs before they can evolve into V-Stars or V-Maxes is super strong. You win the coin flips, uh, you open up Battle Pass, and you're rocking and rolling. I agree with that. I think, I think the one difference that, or at least in my eyes, that Mew has that it didn't uh, going into the, la- you know, the, the last set here is lost uh the lost city um being able to lost zone uh pokemon especially radiant pokemon that really mm-hmm. can damage it do do um you know uh, a lot of work against it and be able to rotate it we saw we saw piper lapine's deck um or you know something similar with towards deck being able to really take advantage of you know the radiant charizard you can't do mm-hmm. that if you get lost city um and that kind of just kills the threat right then and there um other single prize decks like uh, the Reggies. If you just take two of the Reggies, um, Reggie, yeah, one of the Reggie Gigas's, and they don't have any more, um, that deck's kind of just dead as well. 
Um, and against any of those V V Max um, and V Star decks, it, it always can still just win because it can be that consistent early game deck. It always is a threat. Um, so there's a lot going on from you right now. Um, it definitely doesn't look like it used to, but it definitely is effective. And, you know, it is proven itself, you know, in, in, over the last couple tournaments here uh, to be a threat. And now it finally, um, you know, went over that plateau and, and took the home to dub. Yeah, it's been a long time since it uh, did win. And I mean, it wasn't like super dominant looking at the rest of the results uh, in the meta. I think the next one down was 14th place. Mm-hmm. And then they just they're sprinkled through that, you know, that top 59 day two player number <clears throat> and a lot less Reggie this time around, too. Yeah. And I mean, European players are always on to something different right. um, in general. And I feel like there's a higher skill gap for EU regionals than there is for North America. They're smaller, but you, you constantly see, you know, the same 30 to 40 players. Mm-hmm. in day two in eu versus where in north america we've had players who haven't had their name on the board in a long time now pop up and come back into it but you you see a lot of the you know the tords and the sanders and you know uh nico um there's just so many names that you just see over and over and over and over yeah. again in eu uh and they, i think they're just a lot better uh when it comes to being able to metagame yeah, I mean, and there's I think a, was lot a good to pick. Do you, now, when you say, you, you know, we're not seeing a lot of Reggies in this tournament compared to a lot of the North Americans. Um, and, you know, a lot of the top players in North America are, or at least semi-recently, have been on the Reggie Gigas deck um, in one fashion or another. Uh, do you think that's because that the EU players aren't doing that because they're trying to, you know, maybe take advantage of different matchups or... or why do you think that, you know, the top players in the EU aren't on the Reggies compared to, you know, the North America players? I assume that they were just heavily tech for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, lost multiple copies of Lost City in these Mew yeah. decks really does just swing that matchup That's, in their favor. So yeah. we only know the top 59 lists with ease of access. Yeah. Who knows what the actual percentage of Reggie was? Uh, at least we I mean, we could dive into it with Arcanine if we really wanted to see that. And I, and I didn't get that opportunity to do so. But, you know, there could have been a higher meta share of Reggie's that just got pushed out of contention by all the tech. Yeah, Very true. That, that, that's true. And I'm just going to point out that I think looking at these top 59s, I'm seeing a higher percentage of just lost zone toolboxes mm-hmm. in day twos and higher up in the standings, as well as things like Mewtwo V Union control, like uh, just appearing mm-hmm. um, more. I, yeah. I want to say Europe favors the uh, low floor, super high ceiling deck type that like you have to put a lot of reps and a lot of skill into knowing how to pilot. Um, I think Europe in general likes that type of archetype where mm-hmm. they have a, a really, really high ceiling. But then if like a, if you're not familiar with it, it might look like you have a really it has a really, really low floor at the same time. I mean, with mm-hmm. the, the amount of loss boxes that we've been seeing recently and the fact that uh. I don't, I don't think there's a lost box in top eight, was there? I mean, there's lost, there's lost box entries, but it wasn't like a, just a straight lost box deck. deck in top just eight, straight lost box? Uh, no, there was one no. at ninth. Yeah, so I mean, almost cracked there. But there's, you know, after below that, it's it's sprinkled out through everywhere. So I think you might be onto something with that. Um, that is definitely a thinking advantage deck. That's why I respect it compared to Mew. Oof. 
<laughs> um, I'll put it out there. I, I say it all the time on our podcast. So I'll say it here while I'm here. Um, you don't have to have a lot of brain cells to run me. That's my not opinion. true. That's, that's not that's true. My opinion. I don't know. I mean, this deck, or at least this version of the deck, is a lot more thoughtful. There's, you know, like I said, like there's path to the peak in it. Um, there, you got a sequence there. Um, so there's a lot of little micro decisions where you need, like, with uh, Rotom phone, which car, what card do you need? You might need both of those. Um, you know, there's Avery's, Marnie's. There's plenty of different um, things that you can. Um, you know, small decisions would would make a difference in a matchup. I just, I, can't, I mean, I, I know there's I, there's still that the battle VIP pass load up your bench. I get I think it. That portion I'm gonna it. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on Gazer's side a little bit here because I think what Gazer sees in what is Mew has, I think of all decks, the highest potential to just hit the go button and just yeah. uh, you don't have to think much. Just do just like uh, it. You can steamroll, you can snowball quickly in Mew, mm-hmm. I think, faster than most other decks than maybe Palkia. Like, that, that would be my other, other, like, exception to the rule. And when you get to snowballing, then you don't have to have as many brain cells as, as Gazer <laughs> points out to keep the snowball moving. Um, but with more, like you said, this deck has a lot more outs to not snowballing. So where you can put more thought into it and win games you shouldn't or where someone would snowball or try to snowball and lose um, nowadays. So I can respect that take. I, re- I like this Chuck guy. Chuck, I like you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I can respect that take. I always felt like uh, just like, like, Subin, like you said, you go first, you uh, get a Mew down, one Genesec, you hit a battle VIP pass, and then you're just off to the races. And I'm just drawing cards. I'm just setting stuff up. And then after turn two, I have two Mew Maxes in play. Both have DTEs on, three Genesecs. I have an Oracorio down. And it's, I don't want to say it's easy street, because you can still break, you can still lose, stuff can still happen. But it's just so, so much simpler than having, you know, day three deck with uh, Inteleon. I have to look, you know, which card do I take off this, uh, off this, off of this uh, uh, flower selecting? I, I feel like that's a little more difficult than just, Okay, I got everything I need. Now, let me see. Sequencing is tough. That is true. I'm learning how to right. sequence. I'm figuring that out. So, yeah, Mew is a lot of sequencing. I'll give you that. But just the fact you can see a Mew deck could draw, could draw what, 15 cards in a turn? Sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it can. Yeah, sometimes. yeah and again, you just got to know, you know, what cards to discard at the time or what order to play them because it's, it's to get those 15 cards, you, you have to have a little bit of skill involved. And sometimes you don't want to draw that many cards. And exactly. that's the, that's the that's, big that's, difference. Like you can high roll super easy from you, but at the same time, like you put the right deck list in the right hands of the right player. It's just all the little micromanaging decisions that they can make on a turn. We'll put little Timmy buying two league battle decks next right. month versus somebody who's played Mew over and over again, uh, leaps and bounds ahead of them. Yeah, right. And I've seen, I've seen Mew players countless times, like in their first turn, play a stadium down um, just to try to get that extra card draw and they might get the card they're looking for. But then, you know, the, I would, as their opponent would play a path of the peak or something and they don't have a stadium bump. Um, you know, it's little decisions like that, where they're mm-hmm. going to, they're going for that, that, that big play turn one. Um, and it can hurt them because they, you know, they just don't find any restraint in that, in that go mode. 
Yeah, a lot of the games I've won with Mew, like I actually don't overbench turn one as long as I get the essentials down and just drop maybe one or two cards and just, right. all right, cool. I've got a Mew, I've got a Genesect, I've got Oracorio. Uh, they can't KO me on turn two uh, of the game. So we're good to go. Just holding and being more uh, conservative with your cards is right. a really big thing to do with that deck too. Now, can we agree that uh, when uh, Silver Tempest drops in a couple weeks and we get the, uh, what's the Forest Stone? tablet thing mm-hmm. that uh me is gonna just be leaps and bounds <laughs> not well not I mean, leaps and bounds but just be really 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 good i mean there's a high potential of that for sure uh you're giving you're giving you a v-star uh ability uh basically saying you know you're you're a mu deck and an rcs deck <laughs> you get the best of both <laughs> yeah. worlds and <laughs> the way it's rolled is that like it's not affected by path to the peak as the ability is not on the Pokemon. Right. It's on the item card. So like you could just slap that thing down and then search for your counter I stadium. I think they're going to have to change that ruling. It's been going crazy in Japan already from what I've seen early right, just with this right, weekend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. can't even path it because it just gets the stone and then just, uh, yeah, the just go grab a, another stadium and you're good to go. It's, yeah. It's sort of similar ruling if we go back to like the, uh, the Z crystals, mm-hmm. how you Mewtwo and you couldn't copy those attacks with even though they were attached to the correct Pokemon because mm-hmm. they weren't a part of the Pokemon. It was on the item card itself. So I, I highly points. doubt they'll they'll change that rolling. Uh, some of my some of my professors here locally, they've said uh, they've been in Discord calls and stuff like that, talking to other professors from all around. And I guess they're trying to get a ruling on this. They say it'd be too ridiculous if it's not changed. They're trying to get a, a ruling change or some type of I guess exception. I don't I don't know if it's ever been done like that. Has anything ever like that ever been not done like that? Knowledge. No, usually uh, TPCs uh, say overtakes TPCIs when it comes to gameplay mechanics and stuff like Jeez. that. We'll know we'll know hundred percent uh this weekend with pre-releases when that FAQ uh rolling uh PDQ drops into all the professors' emails. So I should go uh, get ready to watch Wazi and let him tell me. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> all right. So let's let's jump on to the next deck. Um, you know, since we are running up against it and we do want to make sure that we have time for your cast as well. Um, so let's jump into Blissey V getting second place, you know, the Blissey Mill Tank. Um, really taking advantage, um, I think, of a lot of decks that don't respect the mill tank or any kind of walling abilities. Plus, you know, that Blissey does what Blissey does. So it can heal. It can hit for big damage. Um, are we surprised to see it up here again? Because there is not a lot in the top 59. Um, I think that's actually the only instance that I'm seeing. Um, but you, we see this deck pop up from now and again. Um, yeah. <laughs> What's your guys' thoughts on, on Blissey? Do you think we're going to continue to see this success? Hard to say going forward. Uh, I know it's got a really good Lost Engine matchup mm-hmm. in its favor. Uh, you know, most people are afraid of what, you know, the Greninja Snipes and the, the Sableye counters and the Crampokes and stuff like that setting up and everything. But Blissey's just like, nah, what are you going to do? Vacuum my uh, Cape of Toughness and then you, you have to go with Giratina. Like Giratina has a good Blissey matchup, but just Lost Box in general doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of a similar concept is the, like how Arc Gudra played so well in, um, you know, in the last uh American regional on SLC where, you know, he hit those back-to-back Reggie matchups. Yeah. Uh, I think if there would have been a little bit more Reggie, then maybe Blissey wouldn't have done so hot. But again, like we don't know the full spread of Leal completely. Exactly. I'm kind of surprised um, to not see any Gudra unless I'm missing it. Like I don't see any Gudra in anywhere near the top. 
Yeah, uh, I don't or, think. Uh, I see one in the lower. There's 40s. one 49th. Yeah. Yep, there it is. Okay, so yeah, one just to be one in day 50. two. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of crazy, especially after the success at uh, Salt Lake. Uh, and usually, when you see a deck like that uh, pop off, that people want to like copy that. Uh, but n- those European players were not having any part of that. <laughs> they said, "No Gudra, please." No, Gudra. but no. Um, you're right. Blissey pops up now and again here and there. It might get a top, you know, ten finish somewhere, and you know, sometimes top four. It, it, it I think it'll continually to pop up because. Uh, Right now, it's a great lost box matchup, like Steuben said. And to your point, the uh, the mill tank's not really respected right now. No one really I, – I, I play Hisuian Zorark. You know, my deck is draw, smash, draw, smash. You know, I'm not worried about mill tank. I just take the L to it. I'm not taking anything special for it, specific. I made a build that did, and I lost the consistency I wanted, so I said, screw it. If, if there's a mill tank, I'll just grab my cards and kindly walk away. So <laughs> no one really respects the mill tank, so it can, you know, buy you a few turns, get some of my surprise. Um Funny story, before this uh, deck topped at this regional at, uh, at Lil, my stepdaughter was getting into the game. And I was trying to pick out a deck for her. And I said, hey, we can go Blissey Miltank. It's simple enough. It can buy us, you know, some time to learn stuff because, you know, yep. Miltank can just sit there and tank hits. It's a good starter deck for her. So I had most of the pieces. I'm missing a Blissey. only had three. I put it together for her, and she played a little bit yesterday, and she ran into a guy playing uh, Arceus... Garatina. Mm-hmm. And he was at a loss of just what to do. He had to attack with a barrel like twice. <laughs> so it That's can catch him by surprise. Yeah. I mean, Garatina, you know, V can hit through with tread, um, which maybe that player just didn't know that. A lot of people well, he did that, but he was like, well, now I can't take out the Blissey. Now the Blissey's all built up and just That's swings true. and just kills my Garatina. So he right. was trying to figure out, you know, the best way to play it. And he was. He was struggling for a little bit. He finally got her because uh, she benched too many Blissey and too many Miltank. She put too, too many things down at once. Yeah. And he bossed up a Blissey and he bossed up a Greninja. And, you know, she's learning. So that's great. But exactly. in the right hands, that that Miltank can buy you a few turns where your opponent's like, what do I do with this? And no one really mm-hmm. texts for it anymore, really. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but one one deck that kind of does, and we just kind of alluded to it, is Garatina V-Star with that Lost Box engine. Um, we're seeing, you know, this deck is a threat. It has answers to a lot of things. Um, it is pretty consistent. Um, you guys' thoughts on Garatina? Because I think Chuck and I have talked exhaustively about this deck because um, I know I'm a huge fan of Garatina. Well, yeah, I, I just, I'm just going to point out that I think at this point, like Garatina and, and Palkia, like this is, these are your allotted spots. Like these two <laughs> exactly. decks are going to take like four to five spots to your top eight. So, that's that's like this is the norm for tournaments till till we get to Silver Tempest. But yeah, guys, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's been what I've mostly played uh, at our locals and such uh, in casual leagues. Um, and I like how we started the format uh, when it coming into the game. You know, we all had you know a four three or a three three line. Then we went down to the two two, then the then the two three, and then now we're going full circle back to the three three lines. I uh, just I feel like people didn't know how to play it correctly when it first came out. Didn't know the Lost Engine sequencing correctly mm-hmm. to see as many cards as possible get there. And, and then now we're you know people are like, oh wow, okay, those lists that we saw early on from Japan, those were the correct way to play it the entire time around. And now that you know all the players are kind of like picking it back up and getting back into it, it's just it's it's insane. You've got you've got your shred like you mentioned. You've got your sniping. You've got your counter placing. 
Um, there's literally nothing that like says, all right, see you later. Uh, this is an auto win for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to these Giratina, like they can just shred right through the mill tank. Yeah. Uh, you've got the, the early pressure from the Cramorant. Sableye is a late game bully. You pair Sableye with Greninja counters everywhere. It's it's honestly insane. Right. And the fact that you can just flip that V Star marker over and just say, "All right, hey, see you dead. later." Uh, <laughs> yeah, you. I'll dead. take my I'll take my two to three prize cards. Uh, GG. Like it's just insane. And I think it just gets better as we go into. Uh, the future, especially with Scarlet and Violet, because we're going to go into evolving stage ones and stage twos, and the pressure of Sableye, Cramorant, and Radiant Greninja is just going to really force those those new EXs so, to struggle unless we can like turbo out rare candies or something into the stage twos. So you mean right. to tell me my little Magna, Magnemite that's trying to turn into a big Magna Zone, 330 HP, my little Magnemite might be in danger? <laughs> you yes. better get to stepping yeah. quick. <laughs> There are a couple things that Tina's going to lose, and I think scoop up net is a huge thing. And I'm interested to see once rotation hits, um, how big of an effect scoop up net uh, or the loss of scoop up net is going to be to the lost engine. Um, but I still think it's just going to be solid. Yeah, we'll still have you know uh, four switch cards, four escape ropes, four switches. I think switch will definitely get a reprint with uh, Scarlet Violet base. There's no way that it doesn't. I don't think it's never gotten a reprint in a base That'd be set. Weird. Um, mm-hmm. And then of potion. course we'll get whatever potential new ball card too. Um, could you imagine them giving us nest ball again? Like with Sun and Moon base with the uh, the evolving GXs, right? Uh, you nest ball into your comfy plus your battle passes. Um, but you scoop up net being able to reset the ability yeah, is, the a, is a huge thing. Uh, but I mean, a lot of other decks also lose a lot of emphasis and power uh, with rotation too. Inteleon right. engine, see you right. later, uh, Sobble, Drizzile, Inteleon. Uh, of course, too, like you know, the, the Blissey deck will lose powerful colorless energy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we're going to have like Lugia coming out with a flash in the pan, like, oh, cool, this is going to be good for one meta. And then all these special energy cards you're accelerating are gone too. Think about so, poor uh, Regigigas. Yeah, Reggie Gigas, the Reggie Gigas. All, all those special energy. I don't feel uh, bad twin, for the Reggie. Twin energy, <laughs> it's it's just all out. And then also too, uh, Gigas loses its uh its big potential, like uh, because we're gonna go, we're gonna have V stars, V maxes, and now EXs, and then like, cool, I have no big EX hitter, uh, with Reggie, so it's just it's just gonna lose power too. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So another deck that you kind of touched upon right there with the loss of some cards. Uh, is is Palkia with the Inteleon engine without Kiram. Um, so I I mean, as Chuck said, it's not really a um, you know shock that we're seeing Palkia up there. Um, but do you guys feel what's the better engine? Do you do you think Palkia Inteleon is the superior water deck, or do you think Kiram um, with a little bit of Palkia and and you know friends there uh, is the more superior deck? It's a tough call. That's a tough call, in my opinion. Um, I played Palkia Ice Rider mm-hmm. for about a, about three weeks, and I had I had a lot of success with it because sometimes Palkia couldn't hit those big numbers. Either the opponent will play around and they underbench, or I just couldn't get to that two. I couldn't find a choice spell, so I couldn't get to that two ninety. You know, get the knockout. So Ice Rider came in handy. Um, the thing with Kiram though, it doesn't flow as well as Ice Rider does. It does with Palkia, but it doesn't flow as well with the Intellion engine. Yeah, and I feel like Palkia without the Intellion engine is just it it doesn't it doesn't click as well. So that's such a tough answer. I'm not even sure. I, I don't know if I like Palkia by itself. So I'd probably be uh, more inclined to lean towards Palkia Kiram just because Palkia can, uh, can miss out on those big numbers. But just that V-Star ability is crazy. And like you guys said, Palkia is going to be 
topping in this uh even after rotation, I feel like it's still gonna top, you know, have be a be a top deck in this format. So it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard know. losing it's gonna be hard with losing shady dealings, but I think it's still going to be solid. It's still yeah, uh it's gonna lose. We've Bucket seen it, too, we've uh, seen it play with uh with Bibberell before. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you can uh, play with the barrel, you can play it with uh Maybe the new curly engine, or you play it with uh, Greninja still. So I feel like I still feel like Palkia can still be successful. It will be successful. I just don't know if Palkia or Palkia Kiram is the way to go. It remains to be seen because there's going to be a lot of being changed. I think they're both solid options at the current juncture. um, You know, to to bring into any of these tournaments, there's pros and cons. Like you don't, you have more Oko ability um, with the Kiram version, but you have more consistency with the. Uh, with the Palkia version, I tend exactly. to uh, lean towards the consistency over like the the flash and the pan kind of things. Um, but I see both sides of it. Yeah, exactly. I've seen uh, people around here locally play both, and uh, sometimes that Palkia is only hitting for you know a uh, uh, two hundred damage because yeah. you know they underbench and you know they're playing around it. But at the same time, I also seen the Kiram you know come and nuke something, just blow it up. And mm-hmm. also seeing Kiram get stuck when they couldn't get a you know energy off you know the top deck, and they're like, well pass and they're just stuck out there so exactly. i see i seen it all the way around and I, I just don't know i feel like that nuke ability is just it's so nice to have isn't it have that kiram come up and just blow something up it is it is it's fun to see you know your opponent's full health pokemon just die especially <laughs> if it has uh tanking tanking ability stuff all right so a couple more decks before we end this talk here um assuming zora arc you know he's not seeing as much success at least in this tournament um but you know it it, is we've seen in the last two uh north america um you know regionals seeing zora arc hit come up there really kind of the same uh spiritual kind of deck is just nuke whatever's in front of you um doing 300 plus damage to your opponent um it's still pretty consistent deck but like you said gazer um, sometimes it has, you know, a, a lot of the, these builds don't have those mill tank, um, you know, answers. So let's, let's deep dive a little bit into, uh, Zorark as a archetype. Uh, Subin, I'll take this one. I'm the Zorark uh, expert out of the two of us. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I personally have been playing Suzuki and Zorark since it came out. And, uh, as, as a man of coach, no, I'm joking, but, uh, no, uh, Zorark is, it's it's pretty it's very straightforward. I want to get things down. I want them to be heard, and I just want to hit you for two eighty. If I need a halucha, I hit you for more than that. If I need the choice belt, I just want to be able to hit you as hard as I can, quick as I can. And I find in my experience that I can get that going by turn two. Uh, it's very Most it's pretty times, consistent. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. The problem is, the more consistent you want, you you lose out on text. So you lose out on man. If you lose out on Dunspar, sometimes you lose out on uh, something that can counter Miltank. So I think the lack of text, you know, can give you bad matchups at times. And as consistent as can be, it still can brick. I have bricked a couple of times. I've had turns where I, you know, fl- you'll flawlessly and I blow something up. I also had turns where I sit there and I have a Zork and I attach and I pass. Right. So it, it happens. Um, yeah. I would say for me. Oh, sorry, Chuck. I was just going to say for, for the thing that I've noticed when my playing is sometimes the bogs just go hide. And then <laughs> I've you had that happen a couple of times. You can't damn it. Like. You can get everything out, but you can't damage anything. So uh, that happens sometimes. Too. It, it definitely does. But for me, I think out of all these main decks that we've already kind of covered, um, this is the deck that really does not want to go second 
Um, most decks want to go first anyways, but I feel mm. like if Zorark doesn't go first, it's even further behind than most decks. Um, the only thing that it has going for it going second is if you have a that one of Diancy, a few decks are playing. Mm-hmm. So you can uh, hit for, and it, it, this, I've done this before too. I hit a, uh, a V for a quick 30 with Zorark, running high behind Diancy. Yeah, and I'm safe for a turn. They take out the dancing because they have to, unless they play cross switcher, which them just like, well, I lose. Fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then they take out the dancing, and then I'm like, okay, I damaged you enough. You're you might be a V max, but I, I did a quick thirty to you. You know, maybe I put a choice belt, maybe I did a quick sixty. Now I can evolve, take off, and then knock out a V max. So I just traded three for three for one, which works sometimes. But uh, if you go second and you don't, you can't get that dancing out, or if you don't play dancing. And you're going second. It's basically whoever gets that first two prize knockout, and then mm-hmm. it's a wrap after that. I've been in so many circumstances where, like, okay, whoever wins this coin flip is going to win. Oh, I won the coin flip, and I win. <laughs> or you won the coin flip, GG. And yeah. I say that jokingly, but then as the game plays out, that's basically what happens. The fact they got the first two prizes, they win. Or you know, it's this deck really suffers from going second. Uh, I've, I've been told before if this was uh, all two prize format, Zorak might be the top deck in the meta. But one prize just really gives it, you know, makes it struggle a little bit too. Right, right. And I think it's just natural for the metagame to be able to, uh, you know, develop that way. Um, but let, I guess the last deck I want to talk about, and you mentioned one prizers, is that Lost Box Toolbox. Um, we saw Tor Reckliff win with it uh, a mm-hmm. couple tournaments ago. Um, it has really good matchup spreads. Uh, it has a lot of different options. It can struggle um, for those big Okos from time to time. Um, but, you know, I think it's still a force to be reckoned with and something to be respected. Uh, so what are you guys' thoughts on Lost Box, um, you know, at this point? I think it's super strong, honestly. Uh, going forward, it's going to be strong. Just, it has a high skill cap. It really does. I don't I don't think it's easy to play uh, for most players. Uh, you throw away the wrong card with the wrong flower selecting or coolers experiment at the wrong time. And then you're just kind of sealed in stone there at that point Mm -hmm. in time. Uh, It's like the biggest resource management uh, skill deck in the current format. And any little misstep, just, it just throws the match. I agree. It's a, I still feel like it's a very powerful deck. Uh, The damage cap is kind of uh, hurtful for it. Unless you have that big radiant Zardin come in and, you know, get a nice swing. Mm. Um, But that damage cap, the fact that, Prime Rant's doing 110, stabilize. It's, it's spreading damage, but if they have, you know, big V-maxes down, or, you know, big Vs down, I'm only doing 120 at the most. I've seen that deck struggle against Reggie's, and it, it, it makes sense. Reggie had, you know, sitting there at 130 HP, and you're like, well, now what do I do? So I've seen that be an issue before. They had to set up, you know, multiple turns and try to fix things up, but then the opponent just scoops up a Reggie, and you're like, well, all that hard works for nothing. So Exactly. I think, I think, this deck, if it's if it ever really shoots off where a lot of people are seeing a lot of success, people just start playing Reggie's again because Re- Reggie's is such a bad matchup for it, I think, yes. overall. Yeah, and it just, when I play with my Zorark, uh, I try to make sure I don't, because I play my Zorark with uh, Mew. And that's, I'm going back to Zorark real quick. I just can't stop talking about Zorark, man. Yeah. I'm going back to Zorark real quick. There's, I love the fact there's so many different ways to play that deck. It's very straightforward, but there's so many ways to achieve what you're going for. You, you have a barrel. I seen a guy yesterday that had an uh, Inteleon engine. I tried Inteleon early on. It didn't work for me. He said it works for him flawlessly. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, I play it with Mew myself. Uh, baby Mew, the little Mew. Search for items, work yep. that way. I seen, I played with Lost Box and it worked for me in a, in a way too. Um, I seen it just straightforward with just, you know, Crobats and things like that. So I like the fact it's so versatile in that aspect. But uh, when I play with Zorark and I'm going against the Lost Box, I don't bench my Mews. I only bench, you know, my big, 
my big guys, you know, and it sucks, you know, Crowbat has to come down or Luminion, but they can't just get picked off one turn with a uh, Cramorant. My muse can. So the fact that Lost Box can't hit those major numbers, it, it can hold, it can really hold it back a little bit, but I still feel like it's a great deck. Yeah, I tend to agree. It is definitely a high skill cap, and it's it's a game of you set up a board state, uh, and then you have one big turn where you might take multiple prizes or something mm-hmm. to that effect. So, again, there's the meta is wide open, but it's also really focused on you know the top five decks. Uh, but there's still a lot of fringe decks out there. Um, but as we kind of wrap up, do you guys? Is there any other decks that you guys want to talk about uh, before we wrap this up that we might have missed? No, we've kind of covered, uh, you know, the the big ones out of Lille. Uh, I mean, this is the end of this format now. Um, well, it's such a quick format, too. Just a little yeah, flash. Just the the delay, and then you know, not pushing back Silver Tempest. Uh, just the way everything broke down. Um, no, I mean, you know, there was a lot of different things you could play. Like there, you know, of course, your best deck of was was going to be Palkia, and then now we're seeing Giratina is also like mm-hmm. the best deck. Uh, but, you know, th- to be able to play like one of four to five different decks and be yeah. able to take it all the way and have that chance of success. Like, I think this is a lot of a fun format that people are going to look back a little, long down the road and be like, man, I kind of like that that mm-hmm. little era we had right before Silver Tempest with Lost Origin. It is a fun format. Um, I feel like Silver Tempest is going to, you know, uh, favor Mew to you know to you know have a little bit more of a resurgence but uh this this what we, what we have right now before it's gone you know they they say the brightest stars i mean the best the, you know the biggest stars burn the brightest right so i feel like this is a star it's going to burn it's it br- very bright and it's going to fade and we're going to go into silver tempest but um what we had here I, I just only thing i feel like should have been better and it might get better down the line was kiram v max i thought that was gonna be like just the deck because it's mm-hmm. a chunky pokemon it hits hard it can scale the damage wherever you need it to. I thought that was going to be the death, but apparently I was wrong. Yeah, I think it's just nobody really busted that deck open with consistency. It 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 struggles with Inteleon, like you already said. Like I I tried it with Inteleon. Oh, um, it yes. does not. It doesn't do well with it. Uh, you, so you're really relying on um, you know, the Crobot, the Crobats, the Luminions, um, even Orangaroo. Um, so there's a lot of different factors that really kind of just slow it down. But when the deck works, it, it it's pretty scary. Yeah. All right, Chuck. Well, let's just wrap up uh, this talk on this. We do want to give you guys a moment to just do a quick shout out where we can, uh, I don't know, new listener to our podcast wants to get a hold of you or find you guys. Where can they get do that? So, I feel like Steuben uh, did, did that already, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> i mean for me all the uh, for, my, for my stuff yeah uh you can find me specifically and, and on every platform every social media uh st00bn but if you want to find gazer of course gazerbeam2k he has a twitch channel and a twitter account uh, he has a youtube account that he doesn't really touch but he's not talking about that really bullying him <laughs> to try and I, get I, into I, it a little I bit do as well <laughs> Uh, but for Gust of Wind, we're available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most recently, Amazon Podcasts, as well as our YouTube channel, which is just on my YouTube channel at the current moment until uh, we figure out if we want to put it on a separate channel. But then it's a pain in the butt sometimes. Branching out even more? That's scary. Yeah. Man, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but is it getting really uh, like 
windy in your area at all? Or? I mean, for Fresno, California, <laughs> it's uh, 71 degrees right now, which is kind of uh, a nice breezy day. So we have a nice breeze over here. Yeah, what about you, Stu? Yeah, it's, it's getting a little windy over here. Yeah, over here, it's, it's getting really windy, and I don't know if things are going to hold together here at the moment. I, I think something might... You don't feel a gust, do you? Wind coming. Maybe, I don't know. Gust. I think something's going to cut out. Jake, are you guys okay? Uh, can, a little gust? Can you hear us? Uh, Silver, uh, Lord, I, 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 Continue the cast over on the Gust of Wind podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, if, as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Panux1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy and Ryan at RY4Gaming. You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokeyPod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later.